People say to believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. But the rumors are true. Muscadine grapes are one of the new it superfoods. Native to the southeast and grown in North Carolina well before the mother vine was planted in Manio over 400 years ago, muscadines are the sweet, thick-skinned grapes fueling a stable, booming wine industry. Pick your own operations and a burgeoning health supplement market. On today's Farms, Food, and You, we talk to Dr. Mark Hoffman, NC State Small Fruits Extension Specialist, about the super grape and why it's suddenly on vogue again, both at home and abroad. If you're a native North Carolinian, you may have grown up picking muscadine or scuppernong grapes in a family member's backyard. These often golf ball-sized grapes come in several varieties and can be bronze, purple, red, or black in color. They're grown all over the state and have developed a thick skin and reputation for their sweet, sugary wine. Dr. Hoffman tells us a little bit about their history and the wine industry in North Carolina. The muscadine industry, the wine industry in North Carolina, before prohibition, so was one of the largest industries in the country, actually. So, so a lot of the grapes and a lot of the wine that was produced before prohibition was actually grown in North Carolina, and the majority of that was muscadine grapes. Um, so there is a tradition in North Carolina to grow grapes in the first place. That's probably also why everybody has them in the backyard, because it was a very popular commercial industry before before Prohibition. And then during Prohibition, most of the wineries and the grape producers didn't continue. There are just a few that made it through the Prohibition on a very, very small acreage. And then after Prohibition, we had... Um, the industry started all over again, basically new, and and that's and that's really in a in a world then where we had a lot of European grapes and European wines uh, coming from the West Coast. Those European grapes also made their way to fields in North Carolina, but they didn't quite replace the muscadine wine tradition. And also here in North Carolina, we have like a European wine industry that that continues to grow. However, the muscadine wine is a popular product in North Carolina and Southeast. The traditional muscadine wine, which is very sweet, is, is, a, is a very popular product so that even several wineries that probably don't grow muscadine still offer a muscadine wine in their portfolio because it's what people want to drink sometimes, you know. So I would say that currently in, in terms of cases uh, produced of wine, is probably like 40-50% of the wine that is produced in, in North Carolina is muscadine wine. Um, yeah, yeah. so I would say it's about half. So that's one part. That's a pretty stable. I don't think that's a growing, growing market, but it's a pretty stable market. So you, if you want to be popular in several regions in North Carolina, you, you know, and you want to address the, the, a, a bigger audience, often you have a sweet muscadine wine in your portfolio. So that's number one. Number two is that now where we have like this different wine industry than we had before Prohibition, where we have a lot of European wines uh, in, in, you can buy them in the store, they're in the portfolio, they have a very different taste profile. So we do have several wineries, muscadine wineries that play around with drier muscadine wines and, and semi-sweet muscadine wines, which are actually very good. And so that's becoming a little niche as well. And they, they are all in the 10 to 20,000 case range. Yeah, 20 is probably a lot. So they're a little smaller, but they do have established 
a, a, a niche market for them where they have their people and, and their audience coming and, and buying that wine. Beyond the wine and helping with viticulture development, Hoffman's research focuses on fresh market grapes as well. A growing aspect for muscadines is the fresh market aspect. Uh, on the fresh market side, there was a lot of breeding efforts uh, over the past 30 years-ish on developing better tasting and with a better mouthfeel and a, a, a better cultivars which you can store longer as well. So, so and that has been very successful. There are several fresh market cultivars on the market for now, you know, two decades or so that um, that have very good qualities for fresh market grapes. So they, they do have larger grapes. The taste is better. Uh, they do, if you take them off the wine, they don't split, so you don't have all this juice coming out. So there's still a lot of development on the breeding side on those fresh market cultivars, but that is something which more, and more which is a growing market. So more growers started getting into like fresh market muscadine grapes. Here in North Carolina, there are several fresh market producers who grow up to 150 acres of commercial fresh muscadine grapes, and the demand for this grape goes beyond the borders of the American Southeast. So there, there are big markets abroad. Um, there is a big question how we can serve them. So that's something which is an active research question as well. Um, there, there are markets in Asia, which, which because of the shipping time and everything is, is hard to serve. But there are markets all across the East Coast. So the growers I work with, they ship all the way up to Canada, basically. And, uh, and uh, it's, 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 uh, it's mostly bigger cities. So, you know, New York City and, and Baltimore and then all the way up in kind of Toronto and, and those cities, uh, they are served with muscadines outside of North Carolina. Then in North Carolina, we have Triangle as a big market. And then, of course, the traditional fresh market market. But it's really driven, as far as I understand, it's driven a lot by, by immigrants. It's driven a lot by uh, immigrants, especially from Southeast Asia and China and, and those areas. And I, and me, I'm also an immigrant and I like muscadines, so I'm driving it too because I buy them. <laughs> but um, it's mostly driven by, by new populations basically coming in in North Carolina. So there is like a um, steady traditional population in North Carolina who eats muscadine, but that's, that's stable, but it's a lot driven by, by others. And then, of course, the other factor is that you also have newer cultivars that taste better, so it might attract new audiences which weren't familiar with muscadines at home as well so it's uh yeah so but there's uh, every grower i work with or with who does shipping who ships muscadines it's every year they don't have enough to serve everybody they need to serve so so it's a growing market at the moment yeah beyond wine and fresh market grapes hoffman explains muscadines are the base for some other consumable health supplement products the health benefits in in, in crops or fruits and vegetables they usually come from from components that the plant developed over the time it evolves in, na in, in, nature's, uh, in nature to defend themselves, you know, from abiotic and biotic stress factors like diseases, pests, frost, other things, you know. So, um, so the plant didn't have in mind, oh, this is going to be good for the human, so I'm developing this. This, this is good for the plant. And muscadines have uh, co-evolved with, like, the pests and, and the diseases which I, you know, prevalent in the south southern united states so it's a native plant to the south 
And I don't, if you go outside and you know there's like a lot of critters outside and it's humid, so there's a lot of disease. So the conditions in the South are very conductive for uh, a high disease and pest pressure. So any plant which is native to the South and which evolved here, co-evolved with those diseases and, and plants has to have like a lot of defense mechanisms to make sure that's where, where the thick skin is, for, for example, coming from. That's where all the phenols and phenolic compounds are coming from. And those are the compounds which provide the health benefits that are that are now being investigated, even as not just as a neutral supplement, but even as part of a medical treatment. Uh, so there's a lot of research going on. How can we move the phenolic, the natural phenolic compounds, which we find in muscular crypts, which are more than 200 different compounds, into a medical treatment for cancer medication and other things. So, so that's active research, and that's in, even in some of those applications are in, in phase three research, so clinical trials with humans. Uh, so they went through a lot of, before anything goes into phase three, you have to go through a lot of loopholes. So there's some evidence that, that those com- compounds which you find in muscadine skin and muscadine seed and muscadine pulp, that those phenolic compounds do have a uh, health effect on, 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 on you. So now in those, in those, um, in those uh, medical treatments, that's highly concentrated. That's 200 times more than you would eat in a muscadine grape. So if you want to get that same amount, you're probably going to die of a sugar shock before you get to that level. So um, I'm not saying they're not healthy. Definitely superfood. I would completely say it's a superfood. It's definitely something because it provides a lot of fiber. It has those phenolic compounds. It provides a lot of vitamin. It's definitely something which you can eat as a superfood, which you should eat as a superfood. Um, but the health benefits will come from the highly concentrated um, compounds that are at, uh, 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 treatments that are currently being investigated. For now, those on the market are food supplements called nutraceuticals, usually made from skins and seeds that have high phenol compounds. Otherwise, muscadines are mainly consumed in wines, jellies, and other products you may find at wineries in the southeast. So what's the next big thing in muscadine grapes? Tastier cultivars. On the fresh market side, uh, the um, there's a lot of development still going on on cultivars. So there are a lot of newer cultivars coming out, and breeders look into now seedlessness and and uh, and a, a better like more cluster size. Uh, so basically. Muscadine grapes that have a little bit more the quality of a fresh market bunch grape as you can buy it. So that's that's a new development in the breeding side. It will take some time before we have cultivars readily available. There are a few out there which are already like seedless, but the development is still going on on those. But but I this will be the next thing basically for muscadine. The other big thing Hoffman and his researchers are working on? Having muscadines available year-round. And on the other hand, we do some research um, on how can we store those a little longer so that you get two weeks more at the end of the season. So let's say a grower stops picking in end of October, but then he has some in storage, which he can still can sell through November. So, But we're very uh, far, very far away from providing muscadines through the entire season. Like you have it with blueberries, where blueberries come either from the East Coast 
or they come from some of the northwest of the United States, or they come from from areas in Mexico, or they come from southern uh, South America, so that you have a supply all year round of blueberries. So we're very far away from that, but but we have some, I would say, early adopters and entrepreneurs who start looking into this as well. You know, but again, very infancy stage there. For now, we suggest getting your fresh muscadines in season August through October and sampling the products at wineries across North Carolina. Thank you for joining us on Farms, Food, and You. This podcast is a product of NC State Extension and the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at North Carolina State University. If you would like to support the show, please share this episode on social media and leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. We'd love to hear from you. Let's talk soon.